FOMO. My name's Patrick McGinnis, and I'll admit it, I have FOMO. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you do too. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. If you learn to channel your FOMO productively, you can make the most of every opportunity while keeping your sanity in the process. This is FOMO Sapiens After Hours, the snackable show about how you can make FOMO a force for good. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of After Hours. Now, last week on FOMO Sapiens, we talked to George Sachs, who is an expert on ADHD. And talking to George threw me back to my childhood. So we talked a little bit on the show. I, as a child, had Tourette's syndrome. And just thinking about ADHD and how it plays out in behavior reminded me so much of what it was like to be a kid with Tourette's because Tourette's is this thing that kind of takes over your body. You don't exactly know what's happening, but it forces you to do all these movements. And it is just, it's an experience that uh, I look back on. It's sort of like a, a formative experience of my childhood, something that at the time was really tough. But now as I look back, I think there were some good things in it, but I don't talk about it too often because it feels really remote. Over the years, you know, once I sort of, I grew out of it actually, which is kind of um, common, believe it or not. But when I did, I just didn't really want to dwell. I was sort of like, let's move on to the next chapter. And I have written it about a little bit. I wrote about it uh, when I applied to my undergraduate. I, I applied to business school. So I've used it for those admissions essays. It's such a great lesson in life. But I haven't talked about it that much, even though it was so defining in terms of who I am today. And so I just wanted to get into that a little bit today because I think, number one, I want to just talk about Tread Syndrome. So if you don't know about it, you'll learn a little bit. And number two, I want to talk about what I think we can learn from those types of challenges. And I'm sure many of you have had your own challenges that have that have resonated with you in a similar way. So I just want to get into that because I think that it's so important right now with all of the challenges out there and all of the stresses that we remember that bad things can make us better. So what is Tourette's syndrome? Well, I'll tell you what my experience was. When I was in fifth grade, just all of a sudden one day, I, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember that I started shaking my head and blinking my eyes all the time. Not just like a little bit. I'm talking about blinking all day long to the point where my eyelids were exhausted by the end of the day and shaking my head and just basically it was nonstop. And my poor teacher at the time, she just didn't know what to do with it. She was very nervous. And so it made me nervous. Everybody was really nervous in my class. Let's put it that way. And so my parents, of course, they were, you know, right on top of it. And we started to talk to my doctors. And I think back then it was just not that well known for some reason because my doctor just didn't even know what to do or what to think about it. And and so he ended up sending us to a neurologist and we met with a neurologist and they said, listen, you have Tourette's syndrome and Tourette's syndrome. I think it's important to understand that it's different for everybody. So there are some people who will speak or make noises and that's called coprolalia. There's other people who just move like I do and, and I did. So it's not the stereotypical version where somebody's swearing or something like that. And yes, you always see that in movies. No, that was not my experience. But regardless, whenever I walked in the room, people knew I was there because I just couldn't sit still. And I was very self-conscious about it. And so we talked to a doctor and the doctor said, well, we can put Patrick on Haldol and Haldol is a, is a pretty heavy drug. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where treatment is these days and, and what would be the preferred treatment for a kid nowadays. But back then that was a pretty strong drug. And my parents 
they talked about it with me and they talked about it with each other and decided that we would not want to engage in that kind of treatment because it could really end up basically making me a bit of a zombie uh, was the fear. And so we never tried it. And instead, I lived with Tourette's for about five years. It really subsided when I got into my teenage years. And listen, I still have a little bit today. Everybody who knows me just thinks I'm a little twitchy. What they don't realize is that's my Tourette's. And in fact, it's something that I have to be aware of. If I don't sleep enough, if I'm stressed out, if I have too much caffeine, you definitely see it. And if you watch me give a speech sometime, you'll notice that I make these little movements a little bit. It's not, it's not the same anymore. It's a little bit with a head, it's a little with an arm. Nothing that uh, holds me back or makes life difficult, but it is something that I carry with me. And so like now it's kind of like an old friend, like, hey, Tourette's, what's going on with you? How you been this week, right? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> if you had told me that in fifth grade, I wouldn't have believed you. So here's what I learned from the experience of having Tourette's as a kid. And, you know, luckily it's gone, but it's not 100% gone. It's still there in the background with me and will be, I assume, for the rest of my life. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomo sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here's what I've learned. I've learned three things. Number one, resilience. So, uh, man, it was tough being that kid who shook his head and blinked his eyes all day. And I can tell you, I've, you don't have to be too creative to imagine that I got picked on a lot when I was at school and people would imitate me in public all the time because I, I don't know, it just wasn't, it wasn't that common back then. And, and then people just were mean. So I think just knowing that, uh, people were going to make fun of me and at the same time deciding like I wasn't going to let hold me back. That was a decision I made probably subconsciously, but I, I remember just deciding like, this isn't going to be uh, something that's going to hold me back and doing the things that I want to do. And in fact, it probably made me way more hardcore. I was hardcore as a kid. I mean, I wanted to win at everything. I was uber competitive still a little bit today, but I think it really contributed this idea of like, well, if this isn't working, I'm going to focus on the things that do and I'm going to win. Right. So that resilience has been a skill that I think, um, has, has been helpful to me later in life. It certainly made me somebody who can, uh, sort of overcome challenges in a different way. And I just remember, I mean, a great example of this from my own life that, that still kind of makes me choke up a little bit is I remember I was chosen to give, uh, I was, I was in the band and I was chosen to give the flowers to the teacher at our concert in the school cafeteria in San Fermain. <laughs> and so I did, and I made a little speech because I'm a ham. And I just remember how my Tourette's were really bad that day. And just seeing out of the corner of my eyes, my parents who were so proud, but you could just see in their eyes like, oh man, this is like poor kid, you know? And they felt really bad for me. And I remember seeing that and thinking like, no, no, not poor kid. Like Patrick, give the best speech of your life. And I'm sure it wasn't, but it really 
pushed me to go forward in a different way. So that's number one, resilience. Number two, you know, I think the second thing I got is I just don't care when people criticize me. I mean, listen, we're all a little bit influenced by what people say about us, some more than others. And I mean, it's not that I'm completely immune, but I got to tell you, when people say, oh, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, this is terrible. I generally think to myself, like, you know, I don't need the haters because when I was a kid, people made fun of me. They criticized me for something I couldn't even control. So frankly, if I choose to do something and it's something I want to do and I'm not hurting anybody, I don't really want to hear what you think if you think it's a bad thing. And so I do think that it's really, you know, I mean, the world of FOMO, it's really easy to worry what other people think about you. And it's something that I have been reasonably good at compartmentalizing. And I think that's the kind of thing that happens when you have a childhood incident like that where people make fun of you or you're dealing with the judgment of others is that you start to realize like, wow, who the heck are they? I mean, a lot of the people who made fun of me, like, where are they now? I mean, what are they doing? I'm sure some of them are doing great things. Some of them probably have kids with Tourette's and wish they hadn't been so mean to me. And so I think that just recognizing that um, is really valuable for your mental health. And the third thing is I've come to believe, and I, and I remember at the time believing this um, and doing some reading on this, is that with the challenges, there was always, uh, or not always, but many times, there is a a beneficial side effect. And and I remember reading about people who had really serious Tourette's, and one guy was in the Major League Baseball, another guy was a brain surgeon, and you had these really talented people who had amazing skills. And the minute they started doing the thing that they were really good at, they were completely focused and still. So you had like a brain surgeon, this guy... He's going in there with a tiny little scalpel. Minute before he walks into surgery, he's moving all over. He can't he sort of stay still. Gets into the operating theater and he is completely focused and under control. Tourette's is not there. So that that's an insane thing about Tourette's. And like, I just, but as a kid, I was really into music. I played the piano and I actually thought maybe I'd become a professional musician. And when I played the piano, no Tourette's. And so, you know, it's like we've talked about so much this season with people like Stephen Collar being in the flow. When I was in the flow, the Tourette's, they just didn't come around. And I started to believe that some of the things that I was good at, maybe in school or or in extracurriculars and music, maybe those were the side effects of Tourette's. Like it's this challenge over here that I'm dealing with, but on the other side, there's something about the Tourette's that makes me really good at something else. So that was always something that I believed to be true. And I have done some reading that says that people with Tourette's sort of have these compensating talents. So, you know, thanks Tourette's maybe <laughs> for some of the things that, that you gave me, um, not just the bad things, but you gave me in terms of things that I'm better at. And obviously thanks for the resilience and the willingness to just kind of dismiss criticism. So that's my experience with Tourette's. I'm sure some of you have your own life experiences, and I would love to hear about what you learned from them. You can reach out to me at Let's Connect at PatrickMcGinnis.com. Uh, you can uh, find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, and you can tweet me at PJ McGinnis. And of course, I would love to share some of these on the show. So uh, do reach out. And I hope you have a great week full of big adventures, lots of fun. And I will see you soon on FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. Want more of FOMO Sapiens and After Hours? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. 